What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is happening, gang? We are live on the Inside Football Podcast with Bill Pulling, and we have arrived at my favorite part of the year. It's draft season. We are in full draft season swing on the Inside Football Podcast with Bill Pulling. In today's episode, we take a look at what some people are saying is the best and the deepest position group in this year's draft, the edge rushers and the defensive tackles. This is a really unique look as Bill gives us a breakdown of who he thinks the sort of top edge rush prospects are. One of the questions we kind of dive into is how this group compares to years in the years in the past and is it truly elite i think the draft industrial complex has definitely made this one of the sort of elite position groups in the past few years in the draft and bill is quick to kind of dispel that theory not that he doesn't think this is a great group but more that we've got to wait five to ten to maybe 15 years before we know hey is this an all-time group we get bill's breakdown of some of the top prospects but perhaps the most interesting part of this episode for me is Getting Bill's perspective on guys we need to be aware of. I think all of us sort of draft nicks and draft geeks are kind of wondering in a position group that is this deep, who are some of the names that we need to know about who might get drafted on day two or day three who could have significant impact on NFL rosters next season? I think some of the names will surprise you. At the end, we dive into sort of one of the more complicated parts of this year's group and we look at David Ajabo and sort of what impact that injury has on him moving forward and then obviously Bill's breakdown of the top prospects with Hutchinson and Thibodeau. But before we dive into today's episode, I want to take a minute and talk about one of our favorite sponsors on the pod, Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season futures, which should be evolving by the minute. And don't forget that MLB is back and locked and loaded as well. Who are you picking to win this year's World Series? I think I have my guess, but who is yours? Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today and use your mobile device to join and use our promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts all right gang this is the inside football podcast with bill pulling and this is our look at edge rushers and defensive tackles in the 2022 nfl draft all 
All right, gang, we are live on the Inside Football Podcast, Bill Polian. And in today's episode, we're diving into a group that the draft industrial complex has definitely identified as one of the deepest groups in this draft. It's going to be really fun. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the edge players and a couple of the interior defensive linemen. This is our dive into the D-line show. How are we doing today, guys? Good, thank you. Yeah, we're going well, and we're talking defense. I know you like that, Scott. I know we like this. So, Bill, before we dive in – how do you feel about this D-line group overall? Is this is this like an all-time group? Is this a special group? Or is this just kind of uh, what the, the draft industrial complex has identified as just the special group of this draft? Well, I, th- I think it's a special group. I don't know if it's an all-timer. I mean, you never know that until you <laughs> – let's talk 10 years from now. Exactly. But, but, but the, 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 the – the, uh, the bottom line is that it's that it's a talented group and a deep group, very deep group. So, uh, if you need an edge rusher or or you get you need uh, uh, an inside tackle, uh, particularly rushers, you got a chance to get one. Uh, there'll be a run on these guys in in the, in the first round, I think, and then there's there's plenty of edge rushers available in the second and third rounds too. Very cool. All right, so where are we starting today? Well, let's start out with the two top guys. They may go one and two in the draft. Aiden Hutchinson from uh, Michigan and Thibodeau from uh, uh, University of Oregon. Uh, and, and this is kind of a comparison uh, between Bruce Smith and, and, and Ray Childress many, many years ago. Um, except that Thibodeau is not 300 pounds. He's, he's 255 pounds. Uh, Bruce was 300 pounds in those days. Uh, but Thibodeau is every bit the athlete that Bruce Smith was. Interestingly enough, he's playing at about the right weight Bruce Smith played at when he when he got skinny and 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 got in shape and really uh, became the Bruce Smith that became a Hall of Famer. Um, and uh, and and he he has all the athletic abilities for six. And that's an incredible speed for a man that size. He can bend. He's got long arms. He can get to the passer. Um, he's naturally slippery. Um, he's got quick and heavy hands. Uh, he's got pop when he hits you. He can turn speed into power. He can do it all. Problem is that he doesn't do it all all the time. Right. Uh, he, he takes plays off. Uh, he doesn't pursue as much as you'd like. Um, you know, the motor doesn't run at 100 RPMs all the time. And so... That was very similar to Bruce uh, when Bruce was coming out. Bruce's issue was not his motor. It was the 300 pounds. It was awfully hard for him to drag around. Right. Uh, and who would have thought now today Virginia Tech would be producing kind of like lighter 225-pound edge rushers versus the uh, Bruce Smiths of the world? Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, well Bruce Smith showed them what they should be. be I know. But the problem now is they're all they're all little guys. Yeah. Hey. But Thibodeau, um, you know, what, what we don't know is the 40% of the equation, which is what's the, what's the psychological grade, uh, you, you know, what's, what's, the, what's the intelligence grade, uh, what, what's the character issues, if there are any. I don't think there are any really in, in either of these guys, but um, we, we don't know that. And without, the, without the, um, um, that big really big part of the equation it's hard to make a decision 
on who would be who. But the clubs have that information and they'll make that decision. Hutchinson, on the other hand, is is almost the opposite. 6'6", 260, 4'8", in the 40, which is not fast enough to be an absolutely dynamite outside rusher. Um, he has short arms as well, despite the six feet six. They're barely over 32 inches. But he is naturally slippery. His motor runs 1,000 RPMs all the time, every play. Uh, he's developed terrific uh, uh, moves and counter moves. Um, he's got uh, a lot of instinctive pass rush ability. And he is a worker par excellence. So take your pick, whichever one you want. Um, you know, the, 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 the baloney about, well, Thibodeau's ceiling is higher. Yeah, maybe it is. Uh, but uh, all I know is that Hutchinson goes out there and plays hard and makes plays every down. So yeah. uh, you, you choose who you want, and, and we'll see who's better in the long run. Um, but but they're two top guys that, that should go right at the top of the draft. I mean, you know, also right with – I mean – with Hutchinson, I mean, he's one of those guys just like a Frank Merriwell, Bill. You know what I mean? Who you draft up in terms of All-American in character, intelligence, captains, you know, every kind of award, community stuff. I mean, he really is really sort of the All-American boy in a lot of ways. Thibodeau, they kind of paint the other way. But did you see that press conference he had when he talked about growing up in South Central and what his mom sacrificed for him. And if he wasn't someone with desire and heart, he could have never gotten this far and he was going to show the world. So, you know, maybe coming in with a chip on your shoulder can be a good thing. Well, I don't put any stock in press conferences and I don't put any stock in, in, in any of that stuff. It's what they show on film and what the numbers show that, that, that tell me uh, that if it was press conferences, Johnny Manziel would be uh, in the Hall of Fame. It just struck me as a sincere and, and reasonable answer to what people, they were challenged his character. Well, first of all, they had no right to challenge his character. They did the same thing. The media did the same thing with the uh, quarterback from uh, Oregon last year. They said he wasn't a leader. That was a lie. Uh, and he proved it at the senior bowl. Who knows who puts this junk out there? It's junk. It's not, it's worthless. Yeah. And, and so I don't pay any attention to it. Never did and never will The uh, Hey, Bill, in framing this decision, are there any parallels to like the Manning Leaf decision with these two guys in the sense that, you know, it's kind of like a, a theme you talked about last week where you knew if you miss with Peyton, you got Bernie Kosar. If you miss with Ryan Leaf, you know, you might be in trouble. Do you feel like that's at all the decision these teams at the top of the draft face with Hutchinson? No, and, no, and I, don't, I don't hear anything to that effect either. Thibodeau, uh, you know, he, he's a fine player and, and he's and he's got a lot of ability and I'm sure he'll be a good player in, in the league. I've heard I've heard people say as recently as last weekend, look, you gotta coach him, you gotta coach him to 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 go hard every play. But but we can do that. We can coach him. Uh no, he he's he has nowhere near the difficulties that Ryan Leaf had. Nowhere near. When when you when you um when people are making a decision like this, is it that say if two teams are evaluating them are two excellent general managers and you know, all the, the folks around them looking at the same thing and just interpreting it differently or is it we like this kind of a thing on our team and we think he's got this i mean what would what is the edge why why the, say the first two teams are going to pick these guys 
one would go one way and one would go the other, just in general? Well, on the one hand, there's a, you only have one pick. So whoever's left, you probably will take uh, because they're both first rounders. Now, if you have the choice between the two, which we did with Bruce Smith, uh, you know, versus the tackle from Ray Childress from Texas A&M, um, you're doing one of two things. You're, you're either betting on the come because Thibodeau is so talented and, 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 and a good player and by all accounts, a good guy, um, but, but doesn't have that thousand percent motor or you're betting on Hutchinson because you like the thousand percent motor and the power guy. He may be a better fit if you're a power four, uh, a power four, three team. He might be the better fit because he can play the run better than Thibodeau can. Um, so uh, it's just, it, it really, uh, I don't think you go wrong with either guy. There's no real bust factor there, at least not that I, that I can see. And, um, you just, if you have the choice, you're just deciding on on, on which guy you want. Uh, Thibodeau does have the chance because of the phenomenal athletic ability, has the chance to be a more impactful player. But that neither one of them will be bad players, I don't think. Do, do you think Hutchinson can play inside at all? No, not at 260. Okay. Not not he's too long, and and, and at 260, um, going inside is is no. As a in nickel rush, that's a different story. That's a, that his length and, and, and lack of, of big time speed on the outside um, really helps him. He's an overmatch for guards in nickel. All right. So where are we headed next, Bill? Well, let, let's let's go into let's stay in the defensive end rushman area. The next guy we're talking about is um, is is Walker from uh, Georgia. 6'5", 280, 474. Now, when you look at the film, he's a man without a country because he plays five technique at Georgia, which means he's he's over the offensive tackle. And he's rarely in a seven or nine technique, which is where some of the the so-called edge rushers will play. First of all, to me, he is a a bona fide uh, three technique in a Tampa two system uh, because that speed and change of direction, which is also very good, will give him an opportunity to be really effective in there. Otherwise, he is a a a, a, a defensive end who can play five technique or four eye in the three four and then bump down over the guard in pass rushing situations when you go to forefront. And keep in mind that everybody's in forefront 60% of the time because they're in nickel 60% of the time. So this gives him uh, an opportunity to really be effective as an inside rusher. He's, uh, he, he's still a work in progress. He needs a lot of technique refinement and a lot of coaching in terms of, of pass rush moves, but he's really got a chance to be to be pretty special with those numbers. Um, the production is not the same as as Hutchinson and Thibodeau. Um, the next guy we're talking hey, about. But, but, yeah, can I 
Go ahead, Scott. No, it's go one question. How, how worrisome? Because I mean, the, not to leverage Rick's term, but the the draft industrial complex is definitely sort of this is the riser. This is the guy that's rising. How how worried would you be about that production in terms of your evaluation, especially if you feel like you know I don't who knows how the team. I mean, I, I don't know how the teams feel, but if the the complex is thinking in some mock drafts this guy could go one, that that's a real stretch. Right to me, it's yeah, it's a stretch to me. I don't think he's, I don't think he's there yet. I don't think he's, you know, you talk about one in the whole draft, right? Oh my god, no, no, Bill. With a guy like guy like this who you know played for a couple of years, uh, you know, um, he was like playing at two ninety, and then he and he goes down to two seventy five. Given what you're describing, it would some teams want to say put some weight back on and move in, or or they want to have him stay lighter and stay out? Generally speaking, lighter is better unless you're a nose tackle, and he's not a nose tackle. Okay, that's the, you know, generally speaking, lighter is better. You know, you, you, you getting into the three thirty and above, those guys don't stay healthy and they're not quick enough over the long haul. Um. The next guy is an interesting guy too because he's a, he's a, a a big numbers guy and 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 kind of raw, but I think he's got big t- potential. Demarvin Leal from from Texas A and M, six three two ninety four seven eight, woo wee, <laughs> and he can get. He's a natural born slugger who goes after the passer. Now he's raw as can be. He needs a lot of work in, 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 in pass rush technique. But this guy gets after it. And so when you're looking at this size, this is perfect size. This is central casting for a three technique in Tampa 2 and central casting for playing over a guard in, 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 in four down nickel. So this guy, is he's, he's got a lot going for him. Um, and, uh, you know, he's... He's he's probably um, he's probably going to be drafted higher than his production would indicate. But there's so much to so much to work with here. Hey, Bill, to that point, let's say there's a positional run on these sort of edge players in this draft. How does that affect you as a general manager if you feel like you got to get an edge player? Well. Um, you, you know, first of all, you can predict where the runs are by looking at your board, where, where they where they're sitting. And for example, the next two guys we're going to talk about, Johnson and, and Calafita Johnson from Florida State and Calafita's from Purdue. Um, those are guys that are going to be at the top of the second round, middle of the second round. Um, if a run starts at, at the bottom of the first round, then and you want one, you have to trade into the run because runs are real. Right. People, people they just get caught up in it. So if you have one that, that you really believe in, better off to trade into it because you're better off to take the player around too early than around too late. You're going to feel awful if you miss on them, especially if you have a firm belief in them. If, you, if you're shrugging your shoulders and say, look, I'm happy with another guy in the second round if we lose this guy that's fine you don't have to worry about it right but if you have a guy that you believe in and a run starts you better trade into the run yeah 
Because you wonder in this draft, in those top 15 picks, where it seems like from a fan's perspective, this could be a pretty unpredictable draft. You could see a run on edge. You could see a run on receiver, cornerback, or tackle. Uh, well, they're not, they're not enough tackles to have a run. I mean, they're all yeah. going to go. But the, and quarterbacks, you know, will be down at the bottom of the round. Oh, yeah. They, I'm thinking receiver, maybe edge rushers where you, you could see a run. Yeah, receiver and edge rusher is where they, you might get a run because there are enough of them to, to have people feel like, well, maybe I could wait a little while. Well, you might wait a little while and the bus might leave. That's the, that's the danger right. that you run into. That's the, right. That's, isn't that always? The, yeah. When it's deep. Yeah. So, uh, you know, let's talk Johnson and Calafitas. Johnson is, is, a, is a double transfer and did not have a great year at, at Florida State this year. He's 6'5", 255, um, ideal size, uh, you know, for, for an outside edge rusher or a 3-4 three, uh, uh, three, outside linebacker. Not a great run player, but can get off the ball and attack the passer. And he was the star of the senior bowl. He, he, he just lit it up at the senior bowl. So um, he's a guy that is going to get drafted higher than his production would indicate because when you look at edge rushers particularly and corners particularly, it's the numbers that tell the story. If you don't have the numbers, the odds of being really effective are not good. So. Uh, this guy with, with, with really great numbers, uh, likely to go higher than his production would indicate. Conversely, Calafetis, uh is really a great producer. He's a hard-nosed guy. He plays hard every down, 6'4", 270. So he can play four-down defensive end through three downs. He's a, a, you know, a, a high 4'7 guy. Um, which is, which is okay, but not great. Um, he's a high motor guy, a real hard worker. Um, you could see him slip into the bottom of the first round if a run starts because he's, he's, he's really a very productive player. But the numbers fall outside the kind of sure shot area that, that you, would, you would normally bank on. Um, so... Um, those are those are the those are the edge rushers, um, and and the Marvin Leal kind of fits into a a separate category because he can he can do a lot of things, um, and then the guys that are left to talk to talk about are are Davis from Georgia, the nose tackle, six six three fifty, um, very tough, very strong outstanding two gapper the difference between he normally at 350 i would say get him out of it he's not he's a sloppy guy but he's not and he's got enough power to walk blockers particularly um 290 to 310 centers back into the quarterback and and that's bill belichick's dream guy yeah this is Belichick's. This is the guy he's waiting for. Right. Uh, you know, now at 350, is he going to be able to do it in the National Football League every down? No. <laughs> it's going to be hard for him. Yeah. And 
how did he get the 350? I mean, we don't know that. You got to look into it. Um, and you also have to look into what his body type is like in terms of twitch and, 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 and lean weight. Is he fat or is he a naturally humongous person? We don't know that because we don't have access to that, that information. Right. Those questions have to be answered. But based on what you see at the college level, this is a rare guy who can play at that weight and be really effective. Bill, is it a little bit different now, you know, with obviously nutrition, even at the college? I mean, they have, you know, people that are trying to get these guys to eat the right thing and, you know, uh, work out correctly and you know a lot different it was in the old days when you when you so when you see that is that really an outlier or i mean is that usually somebody who's just ordering pizzas in the dorm or is that is that usually like a you know something uh the guy's just got a huge frame or he's got a glandular condition or you know or some some other thing like that well what you have to figure out is whether he's ordering pizzas in the dorm right yeah. or, or 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 whether or not he's he's an anomaly as a person that, you know, whose lean weight is 330 or 320, right. you know, that, that's, that's, that's what you have to figure out. And the strength coaches are able to do that. And, and the background checks will tell you that, that that's all information we're not privy to, nor should we be. But I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that that's the deciding factor in the what is happening, gang? Before we get into some players that need to be on your radar, I almost don't want some people in my league to know some of these radar guys. I want to take a minute from one of our favorite sponsors on the pod, Dynasty Owner. Do you love fantasy sports? Are you looking for a new challenge this year? Dynasty Owner is the new way to play fantasy football with real NFL salaries adding the strategy of running an actual franchise. We were in the league last year. We love it. We performed not necessarily as well as we thought we would in year one. Kind of got a tough draw in the playoffs. But I will say we made it on the podium, top four team in our league, and I think we're really well positioned on the pod to compete even better this year. Hopefully Josh Allen has a monster year. Tyreek Hill excels in Miami. And you know, we could use a couple trades in the league. Dynasty Owner provides a unique and challenging experience that will test your skills as an owner and general manager. You will have complete control over your team's future, as do we. You can build through the draft, make trades, sign free agents, and manage your team's salary cap. I think all of us in the dynasty owner world right now are very focused on getting under the cap for next year. Can you create a dynasty of champions? Sign up now at dynastyowner.com and get started on building your dynasty today. I gotta tell you, of all the fantasy leagues I've ever been in, this is by far my favorite and the most realistic challenge. From figuring out how you gotta navigate the cap to the year-over-year -year contracts. It's been a real learning curve for us going from year one to year two. I think you guys are going to love it. Sign up now at DynastyOwner.com and get started today. So, Bill, you know, uh, just one last thing on the weight. When you talked about, you know, this being Belichick's ideal guy, if it turns out that he has a problem, you could figure out a way where he could drop weight. Does that in turn sacrifice, say, the very thing that is so special about him that a Belichick would want? I mean, are you trading away, you know, that that unusual ability just clog up the middle? No, no, because um, lean weight is effective weight. Fat weight is ineffective weight. Okay. Fat weight causes you to fatigue, causes you to, causes a lack of movement. Um, you know, leads to injuries. 
whereas if this guy's lean weight was, let's say, 320, and, and he was playing at 325 with the kind of explosion and, and power that he has, you got a better player at 325 than you do at 350. Right. That's the physiology of it. Got it. I mean, the lean weight, I just want to say two words to you, Alan Page. <laughs> there you go. But, Bill, do you think there's anything to his just ridiculous combine performance that would lead you to believe that he just might be just an anomaly from a weight perspective? Plus, he was on the field a lot at Georgia. Yeah, there, there's every reason to believe that he is an anomaly. But you have to, at that weight, you have to prove it. Right. You know, because otherwise you're – and it's very easily provable. I mean, they, 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 the strength coaches can, can do a test on him which tells you what his lean weight and his fat weight is. and and then, you know, you, you can check on what his dietary habits are. And Rick is right. You know, they nowadays at the, at, at the major college level, they, they have the same dietary um, uh, issues and, and the same dietary programs as we do at the NFL. In fact, they're more, they're more um, uh, opulent at the, at the college level nowadays. But, um, you know, the strength coach at Georgia, who's very good, uh, will have a lot to say about his future, as will, uh, you know, the test to tell you how, what, what, what way he really should be playing at. Mm-hmm. And I suspect that he's an anomaly. I mean, that's what the film tells me. Mm-hmm. But as a, as a person who's making a draft choice, I wouldn't want to base it solely on the film. All this other, I keep saying 40% of the grade is not film. And the 40% of the grade um, is made up of things that we don't see and which the gurus on television don't see. Uh, all they do is talk. Uh, they, they're not privy to that information, nor should they. Yeah. yeah. So, Bill, if, if he is carrying, let's say, 320 of lean weight, could he be a draft surprise for the, the sort of mock drafters of the world? Where he, Oh, he could- big time, of course. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Sure. Wouldn't you love to see that? Oh, it would yeah. be, I'd like to see him hug Roger, if nothing else. Absolutely. He, he would, you know, you talk about moving up the board. If he, if he could play at 325 and be effective at now, can he get there? That's where the dietary habits and all the rest of that comes into play. Yep. But that's not easy. We have a guy going on the, on the ring of honor in, in, in Indianapolis this year, Tarek Glenn, who, if he could manage his weight, would have been a Hall of Famer because he'd have played five more years and at, at the level at which he played, which was phenomenal, he, he would have been a walk-in choice for the Hall of Fame, but he couldn't. He couldn't do it. So these 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 heavy guys really have a lot of time have a hard time getting to where they need to be and maintaining where they need to be. That's a concern. And the psychological yeah. testing will tell you that. You know, not to mention the fact, Bill, they're still sort of kid. I mean, they're still growing and getting bigger and, you know, everything also. I mean, they're, they're going to wind up – generally, you're getting – the big guys get bigger, don't you think? I mean, for the most well, part. It, I've often referenced the late Dominelli, our great personnel director in both Carolina and Indianapolis. Dom used to say in his best Danny DeVito impression, uh, if you give a fat guy a million dollars, is he going to get skinny? <laughs> <laughs> Gonna say no to that one. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think he's drinking power shake. So. I'll, I'll apply that Brooklyn logic to, to to the situation that you're facing. And that's not to say that this young man is not. You know, who knows? But but the question is, we don't know. The general managers know. Right. 
So uh, let, me, let me give you the names of some guys that you should keep uh, 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 keep track of as well, uh, who are who are going to be you know in the mix and make teams as edge rushers. Greg Johnson from USC, Cameron Thomas, who's a, who's a poor man's Aiden Hutchinson at uh, at uh, uh, San Diego State, D'Angelo Malone, Western Kentucky, phenomenal workout. Uh, Tariq Smith, Ohio State, great first step quickness, really gets off the ball. Played a lot of big football. Yes, yes, tremendous, uh, tremendous uh, potential here for a guy as a, as an edge rusher, not not a run. Um, excuse me, uh, Myron uh, Tagovailoa Amosa, Notre Dame. Really, really hard playing dude with with a lot of uh, with with a lot of uh, pr- production, um, and your favorite guy, uh, Arnold. Uh, Pronounce it for me. Uh, Edabuke. Uh, Edabuke. Okay, from Penn State. Uh, this guy packs a punch now. Ooh, I'm telling you, he, he could be a heavyweight fighter when he hits. He knocks people out. And that catches people's attention. And Isaiah Thomas from Oklahoma, uh, who who put on a show at the Senior Bowl now, uh, I may have a bad time on him because he looked to me at the Senior Bowl a lot faster than 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 what the the, the published time was. So we'll see on him. But those those are guys to keep an eye on. That's I give it, I've given you four names that will be drafted probably in the second or third round or maybe even below or we're going to, you're going to hear their names called this fall. In terms of, so the one name we didn't hit is, is the other candidate at Michigan. Well, obviously we have the injury. What are your thoughts on Ojabo? Ojabo is a very, very good candidate. Had he not, uh, had he not uh, torn his Achilles, unfortunately in a pro day workout, I think you're talking about him in the second round. He's a, he's a guy who gets off the ball. He's relentless. He plays hard. He's got good – I think his speed was excellent at the combine. Um, he's, he's a hard-playing guy. He's got Ben. Um, there's always room for people like him. So you're talking about maybe um, ordinarily bottom of the second, maybe the third round. He's a little bit light, but that's the only real negative. So, um, you know, now with the torn Achilles, that's a different story. I think you're probably, you're probably at best talking about somebody who's taken him with a compensatory pick because it's a gamble. The compensatory picks are, are called third rounders by the league. They're not their fourth rounders because they come at the end of the third round. Um, so they're really fourth round players. Um, and, and so that's probably where he ends up home. Yeah. I think his 40 time was like, a, like four or five, five. Yeah, it was excellent. They'll talk about, you know, relative to, uh, really difficult injuries. Where, where would you rank Achilles? Well, it's hard. First of all, it takes a year to come back. Um, when you talk about injuries, Everybody, I mean, if you're listening to, uh, to the radio or watching on television and listening to the audio, 
He's ahead of schedule. What does that mean? Yeah. You know, I don't know what that means. If you're talking about an ACL and he's ahead of schedule, it means he'll come back to his normal uh, pre-injury situation in two years. Ahead of schedule would mean what? A year and a half? A year and three quarters? You can get the guy back on the field yeah. in eight months or nine months, but he's not going to be the same player. It, and, and, and there are other issues involved with injuries, that psychological issues that have to be overcome. With an Achilles, again, you can get him back in eight or nine months, but he's not going to be the same player. And the question of whether or not he has the same explosion for a guy who was an explosive player remains to be seen. You don't know that. Plus, Achilles tears uh, are, are not foolproof i mean you can do it again so uh depending on what the operation was so uh uh you can't count on them this year you have to write them and you know and it would seem like of all the sports football is the hardest thing to simulate until you're really back out there playing i mean you know you can go on the basketball court you can see you've got what i got football until you're getting pounded and out there how do you know how a knee is going to hold up or an achilles is going to hold up well that therein lies the problem that no one talks about the psychological problem, when you're coming back off a football injury, which is career-threatening, a knee injury, an Achilles injury, uh, a shoulder injury, something like that, where, where you've had surgery, um, you have to convince yourself that you trust that limb. The doctor and the strength coach can tell you, yeah, it's fine, go ahead. But until you go ahead and do it and are able to test it and are able to get past the trepidation that every normal human being has in that situation. These guys are, they're, they're the 0.0001% of the lead athletes in the world, but they're still human beings. And young human beings. And young human beings, that's right. Many of whom have not suffered these injuries before. When, 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 until you can get past that hurdle, uh, no pun intended, you, you, you can't you won't be the same guy. So when you see a guy come back off injury and he's, you know, the commentators, well, he's hesitant. He doesn't look the same. Of course not. Why would everybody would yeah, Right. And, and, and look, the guys who have gotten there, Bill, your point so good. Anybody who made it to the NFL has triumphed at every level beyond almost anybody, you know, they knew at their high school, their college. They've never been challenged like this before to come back from a horrible injury like that. Right. That's exactly right. And, and, and they've overcome every every obstacle that's been put in their path. So, uh, it, it, you know, as a GM, I always would say to the owner and to the head coach, look, let, let's err on the side of conservatives. Let's assume if we love a job, where do we want to take him? And let's assume it's a year before we get him. All right. So we, there was one thing we missed in last week's show that we heard about from a couple of our fans on Twitter. Jared Giddens brought this up himself. Uh, we missed one quarterback because we ran out of time. Bill, what is your thought process on Carson Strong? My thought process on Carson Strong is that he's a very, very interesting process, a prospect. He's 6'4", 226, 40 time of 504. For quarterbacks these days, that's a red number. Um, and he was injured in high school, and and it was a knee injury, and and it left him, you know, with with 
reduced mobility. So he is a pure pocket passer. But listen to these statistics. Uh, by the way, Nevada was the only offer he had because of the injury in high school. Uh, offensive player of the year in the Mountain West 2020 and 21. Trivia question. Who preceded him with that award? Preceded him in the Mountain in The year before? Uh, the quarterback that preceded him. Jordan Love? Uh, don't think so. Josh Allen. There you go. Yeah, that, that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, uh, Might have been Jordan Love. It was Josh Allen is who I was thinking of. Uh, 4,175 yards, 36 touchdowns in in 21. Um, And his weight was 212 in college with 226 at the senior bowl. And so, you know, he's going to be he's going to be a 220 guy. That's what he's going to be. So that's a long, skinny guy who, who lacks great mobility in the pocket. Uh, but he does have tremendous arm strength, really good accuracy, really good processing. He's been well coached at, at, at Nevada uh, in, in, in a, in a pro-style system. So this is a guy to keep an eye on. And I wouldn't be a bit surprised to see somebody take a shot at him at the, at the bottom of the first or certainly in the second. This is very similar, although you got more tape and more production uh, to Davis Mills a year ago. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Well, that one worked out for the Texans. And Rick, I think you might have gotten it. I, I did a little internet sleuth thing. Rick might have. Rick might have won the Mountain West Conference Award for All right, today. All right, okay. Well, All right. right. Well, well, that is our show for today. As always, if you have topics you want us to hit, hit us up on Twitter at ifbillpolian. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right. Yep. Enjoy your week. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.